Welcome to Making Action Happen with Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. We're here to discuss public policy issues in our home state of Colorado and beyond. Making Action Happen is presented by Action 22. Find out more about our organization at action22.org. Now, here are your hosts, Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Making Action Happen. I'm Sarah Blackhurst. And I'm Brian McCain. We wanted to have a really great, organic, let's talk about good things discussion today. Um, We've got our good friend, uh, Randy Thurston here with us and Brian, of course, and we're going to talk about um, some great things that we see happening, especially in Pueblo, that are coming up. But um, I have to tell you that last night I did the, I moderated the town or the city council candidate forum. And it was great. These guys are great. They all want to give and do a lot of things for the community. Um, I didn't develop the questions, but I, afterwards we talked about it. But one of the things that I really felt was missing in all of the discussions were all the really great things about Pueblo. And so that made me a little bit sad because I think it could have been um, that. But then I remember that we were going to have Randy on today. Um, and to talk about some of the things that he's working on. Now, Randy used to be on the city council. Correct. Um, what, tell us when you were on the city council. Yeah, I was elected in 2001, started in 2002, and went all the way up until the end of 2009. Okay. So eight, eight years. So eight years. Uh-huh. And so it's been a little bit. So things have changed a little bit since then. Th- things have changed and some things haven't changed. Okay. So. <laughs> that's fair. That's, fair. That, that's the that's the best way to describe Pueblo. That I've ever heard. Well, and that's the, the frustrating part because there's things that should have been changing that haven't changed. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I I remember um, going back. I was I was actually out of the country when you first got elected um, in the military, but then coming back, and I was uh, hired by a senator, and then I came back to Pueblo to represent the senator, and then I owned a business down here and stuff. And I remember I, I didn't have much of an understanding of politics, which was really funny, at least local politics, even though I was working for Washington, D.C. at the time. Totally different out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I remember going to city council meetings and just being confused as hell as to how it worked at the time. And again, I was younger. I was like 23, you know, like just back here. But um, I do remember that you being on city council and then later on, um, you know, I came back to Pueblo again, working for a congressman, and we started interacting again about stuff. And you became, over the years, a strong advocate to improve and make Pueblo better, I guess you could say, correct? You know, it's, you know Pueblo has the greatest ingredients of any community that I've ever seen, mm-hmm. ever. What we don't have is a recipe and a chef. So the improvement is just taking the ingredients and organizing them and really get them out there. Mm-hmm. But, but again, I, I told people... We should be the shining star of the state. Yes. You know, uh, I've been back in Washington right after I got elected and, and other city council uh, organizations in Colorado were, were putting us down as Pewtown. Yeah. Oh, I know. And, I and it was that. like, this is just incredible. I mean, you guys don't know what we're about. No. I mean, I never think Pewtown. I never think the stuff that they all want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And they do it out of ignorance and fear, not out of understanding what the dynamics of this community really has as its bones. And at one time in history, you know, Pueblo was the shining city of Colorado. You go back 120 years ago, this was the spot. I think it was here in Silverton were the two biggest towns. You know, we had a population that 
rivals our population now over a hundred years ago. And then of course we had the flood and some other stuff happened and um, that, that seemed to kind of kill our growth off for a while. But um, Pueblo, original Colorado, Pueblo was the shining star of Colorado. And you're trying to make it that again. Well, you know, and again, and it really is easy to work with Pueblo being the shining star, but the people of Pueblo need to start seeing it the way that is real. Not the perception, not with the power players, not the politics, uh, not all of those conversations, not even the media. Mm-hmm. You know, you really need to dig in deep and, and just say like, wow, I never thought about that. I mean, our 300 days of sunshine, mm-hmm. you know, we have more water. We have enough water for a population of over 400,000 people. Yes. I'm sorry. Who else in the country right. can say that? Yeah. You know, you look at our, our I-25 and Highway 50. You look at our golf courses. You look at the libraries. You look at the art center. I mean, I could go on for 10 hours and never even take a breath of all the great things. But what do people talk about? It's it's crime. Well, guess what? Every community has crime. Exactly. It's that New York Times article that gets shared on Facebook every year. You know, the top 10 most violent cities in North America and Pueblo's, you know, they say Pueblo's number one or two. I'm sorry, I don't see it. I don't see it. But but, but that's what they talk about. It's it's it's, terrible. So um, I think it was a year or two ago, I was sitting with one of my board members, uh, Chad Borthman. And I was like, and he was just sort of loving Pueblo. We were yeah. here and he was just, and I was like, oh my gosh, one of my favorite things about you is how much you love Pueblo. Right. And he said, I didn't love Pueblo till I experienced it with yeah. you because you love it so much and you showed me everything that was great about it. Now I see what you were talking about, but it's that, per- that self-perception right. of what you see and what you choose to see about, and it's really a reflection of how Puebloans and Pueblo think about themselves. So how do you overcome that? Well, I, I think first is to be a real thinker and not drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> you know, I, I, and, you know when you, we talked about my being in politics, I would always tell people, I don't like politicians. They said, well, Randy, you were a politician. I said, no, I was an elected official. Right. I believe in representing people. Now that's a real thinker. People that run for office, they get elected. They really don't understand that the people are who they need to work for. Mm-hmm. And when I did my radio show after my uh, time on council, I would share, I said, you know, people don't know the truth. Mm-hmm. There's a room that everybody with good intentions and 95% of people that run for office have good intentions. Absolutely. They, they walk into this room and it's got a red light and it's got a blue light and it's flashing and they get sucked in like a vacuum cleaner and they pop out a politician. <laughs> yep. All of a sudden, they lose all of common sense and their heart right. and their, commi- their commitment to serve people because now people that are power players and special interests are telling them, this is what you need to do and this is what you need to think. Mm-hmm. And it's totally disruptive. I, I love leaders. Leaders are not politicians. And if we had a country, a, a state and local with leadership, things would be different. And what you're talking about, how do you make it different? That's, that's what's going to make the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, that, you know, especially on a national level, the past few years, it's kind of like the statesman that serves the people. It's kind of gone the way of the dodo. If you know what I mean? Right. And it's, it's turned, I mean, it's everything right now. It's clickbait, you know, who could get the most clicks, the media, everything. It, it, that's what it's about. And money you Al- know. algorithms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not like I'm here to serve the people. If, if we get back to, to the roots and I, I tell people that number one, 
I'm an American. Number two, I'm a Puebloan. I believe in the Constitution. I believe in people's rights. And I'm watching it erode. And it comes back that leadership is going to be able to unite this, this country, this state, and this community. So when we look at elections, the number one question I have, are they a leader or are they potentially going to be a politician? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that should be the question. Yeah, It's yeah. along the line of the thing, exactly what we've been talking about so much, is when we look at people who are running for office, who do you serve? Do you, are you serving party or are you serving Colorado? Right. And I don't know how to make that just naturally part of your thought process as you're voting for or selecting. Because I think you're right about the drinking the Kool-Aid. It goes, it's party line, drink the Kool-Aid. And you have to be extreme on that in order to get anywhere. Um, and it's, you see it even on the micro level of Pueblo um, from everything. You have a project you're working on. Right. And, and this is kind of fun. Uh, the question is, we're half mile off of I-25 mm-hmm. with our river walk mm-hmm. and our historic Union Avenue. The question is, why are we not the number one destination for river walks and historic shopping? Great question. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, what, what's the problem? People drive up and down on I-25, and what do they see? They see the old steel mill. They hear about how ugly it is and all that kind of stuff. Well, here's the reality. You put some billboard, take pictures of our river walk, and you have them coming in and going out. There's 55,000 cars a day drive down mm-hmm. I-25. And I've been pushing this for longer than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And the pushback of not having that happen has been incredible. Just think of 5% of the cars see that billboard of the most beautiful river walk that you've ever seen mm-hmm. that we have here. Yeah. That's a half mile, a quarter mile off the interstate, off a city center drive, easy to get to. It's two seconds. And the people that do get off, they're like, wow, we had no idea. Yeah. yeah. And look at our sales tax revenue, which all communities that have a good sales tax revenue plan prosper. And those that don't suffer. Sure. There's no reason for us to have been suffering all these years with sales tax revenue when just a simple thing like that, that's not going to cost much money. So do you see billboards that have pictures of the river walk there? I see billboards of Frank Azar all over Pueblo. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> well, and, and Frank, I guess you, you could say he's from Trinidad. And yeah, he has, yeah, has an yeah. office here, but he doesn't generate the sales tax revenue yeah. and the success of the businesses that a simple concept like that could do. So we're kind of coming full circle and saying, well, what are some of the other successful communities? What do they have? They have entertainment districts. Yes. Yes. They have a district that is created that specifically is there to create memories and reasons for people to go from wherever their travels to specifically say, we're going to go down to that shining star in Pueblo, Colorado, the entertainment district, and, and have two or three days we spend and have the most incredible experience. Right. So you have to start with creating that. And yeah. we're in the process of doing that right now. And, and part of that, too, and I've been saying it on the show for a long time, because mm-hmm. you can see on the map, we represent... All these counties in southern Colorado, even some counties north of us, like Colorado Springs, Park Teller, Chafee, Fremont. Um, but I look at Pueblo as kind of the hub for southern Colorado. And these counties and these cities and towns, they have a symbiotic relationship with Pueblo. You know, if you live in Crowley, where do you go to go shopping? You go Pueblo. to Pueblo. If you live in 
Baca or Baca, I, I'll get yelled at if I say it wrong. So I'm going to say <laughs> yeah. Baca Baca. Um, you know, it's Pueblo. It's Pueblo. And Pueblo has to take advantage of this and succeed because that will only spread out to these counties. And I know Trinidad, they're doing something similar right now. And um, they're partnering with um, Raton, New Mexico for the same type of thing. And going to Trinidad now versus 10 years ago, it's completely different. And it's beautiful there. It's beautiful. And like we went down there a couple months ago and I was like, holy cow, I didn't know Trinidad looks like this downtown now. And um, and that's what I, I wanted to see. And what I've been pushing for, for Pueblo is we can be that. We can be that for the region. It's not just about Pueblo. It's about the region. It's about the Action 22 area. Well, Brandon, and you're 100% right, because when you look at the more Pueblo succeeds and prospers, mm -hmm. everybody around us will succeed and prosper. Yes. We need to get to respect of up north because right. we do have a governor and he needs to take Pueblo serious. Yeah. He needs to take Southern Colorado serious. And again, politicians look at votes. Yes. So who has the votes is up north. But guess what? Guess who we are? If, if, if they would come down and really look at what we're here, and if we unite as Southern Colorado and create the excitement that needs to be, we become indispensable. We become right. uh, the, the, the conversation that everybody's going to be having, but we have to have our leadership or the politicians up there start looking at us in that light. Yeah. So you've been talking about this kind of an inter entertainment that we are not, because there's wonderful musicians down here in Pueblo yes, that nobody absolutely. knows about. Incredible. I mean, they're really, um, people have no idea the, the musical yeah. um, group that's down here, but not only that, but the arts. So what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you two questions. So first of all, the pushback on something simple like a billboard, uh -huh. what's the pushback been? Well, I, I'm glad you asked Sarah because <laughs> it's, uh, it's been the past leadership of the chamber. Okay. The Chamber of Commerce feels that they're in charge of the marketing, and they've always wanted to do magazines. Okay. They get nice magazines, pretty pictures and everything, and they get up magazines all over the place. They're missing the point that you've got 55,000 cars a day mm -hmm. that can stop with a simple thing. And, right. And, 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 and God rest his soul, Rod Slyhoff, right. you know, had been in that position for a long time and was very committed to his perception of, 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 of the marketing. He and I would go round and round, and I'm saying billboards, and he says magazines, and I said, Rod, what if, you, what if we're both right? And I'm half right. Yeah, yeah. right. So, so forget 55,000 cars, we only connect with 25,000 cars, and the cost of a billboard's $1,000 a month, I mean, look. That was my next question. Is this an extremely no, out, of, no. out of range? In fact, there is a billboard in El Paso County. I think there's a, at least one in Monument and one down where you could literally put an advertisement on it with an app on your phone and you can pay, you know, 200 bucks to have it show up 20 times a month for an hour. Yeah, because oh, then it's an electric. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah something like that. Well, and, and, and on both sides, give plenty of time for people to say, say something like dog friendly. I mean, how yeah. many people are driving that have their pets? I mean, simple things can make such a big difference. But Rod, he said, I am committed to the magazines. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, he's in charge of the chamber. Sure. The chamber gets $800,000 a year from the city. Mm -hmm. And a simple thing to me, I could never understand where it's at. There's going to be changes now with, with the chamber, with new mm -hmm. leadership right. and all this. So I think that combined with the entertainment district 
and what we can do that way, uh, the, the river walk, the popularity, the chili fest coming in, a lot of different things that now is really the perfect time to have this conversation. How can we unite as Puebloans to make sure we are that destination. So, so what is, explain to the listeners what the entertainment district is, how big it will be, what it will encompass and what's gonna happen with it. Well, the, by definition, entertainment district, districts could be a maximum of hundred acres. So if we take it to the max, what it would do is it would encompass uh, the river walk. Mm-hmm. It would take all the way to the art center. It would take all the way up to the library. It would take it to five and six. Uh, and it would take it to uh, uh, water, uh, water, uh, the old Alpha Beta. Plant. Oh yeah, the water tower place. Water tower, water tower, tower yeah. place. Yeah. I apologize. We yeah. love water tower. Yeah, we place. have we hold we hold a lot of our meetings there. So. We Isn't love that them great? so. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we great? love it. We love it so much. And so all of that then becomes something that we can write our own rules and regs and take it to a higher level. Because what's one thing that everybody wants when they come to community? They want safety. Yes. Okay. They want they want uh, to know that uh, the standards of protection for the citizens are higher. Well, we can write our own rules and regs. Now, one of the the, the pushback is most entertainment districts have open container. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't want open container that's twenty four seven. So let me ask you really quick. Huh? So this designation, who decides on the, if it's designated like that or not? We do. City. The city yep. does. So the city can say this is an entertainment district. Correct. And what it does is it allows almost like a special district yes. where you can start to make your own rules for certain things within that district. That's independent of the city. Yeah. Well, it's not independent because we're still under their still rules, but we have extra things we can yeah. put in. So, so it's a special yeah, district. Yeah. So for for instance, like the open container thing, because that always gets brought up in playing the devil's advocate. It's like, well, you just want people to walk around with booze downtown. That'd be terrible. Right. Which yeah. I've been advocating that forever, just owning a bar on Union Avenue, just, you know, during B Street, stuff like that. Even the Chili Fest, I don't think you, it's Chili Fest open container now? It's it's, it's not, but it would be under, yeah. under, under this. Because if you notice, they got the tents and they're all locked off that you can go in to the beer gardens, yeah, but yeah. you can't bring the beer out. So right. what they did with the state fair, basically, but downtown. The state, right. well, the state fair is open container. Yeah, but it that's is now. just yeah. pretty recent, though, right? Uh, that I can't answer. Sir. I, I think I it was know. three or four years yeah. ago. Yeah, so it's they relatively it recent on that. But it would be similar, and, and just you know, the headache of owning a liquor establishment or a restaurant down there. It's like you want people to sit on the patio on the street, especially now with COVID. Yeah, you know, people outside, and the second somebody does, you know, puts a drink over the fence, then the bar, or the restaurant is at fault. And I know that the restaurants and bars have been pushing for that for years right now. Just And not, like you said, not all the time, but during the Chili Fest. Well, if, if you look at it this way, that on Friday night and Saturday night, you bring in music, entertainment, mm-hmm. you have artists come down, you have all of this stuff, and people can walk on the river walk, right. and they could, they could have a drink in their hand. But it's only from 8 to midnight Yes. yes. on a Friday and Saturday. And then things like the Chili Fest. Yeah. Special events, but, Special you, events. but you can't have traffic and open container at the same time. Yeah. So the, the street would have to be totally shut off like it is for the Chili Fest. Mm-hmm. And, and you have higher security. The revenue that gets generated now mm-hmm. gives us higher security. One of the things that's so important for us in the entertainment district is to have cameras yes. oh, yeah. and, and license plate readers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, people don't realize that we as a community, if we get cameras and license plate readers with people coming into this community, the bad people with bad intentions won't want to come here. 
Right. So, so we're yeah. actually going to, I'm going to be meeting with the mayor's office uh, Monday to promote using some of the ARPA money to get cameras and readers in this area. And then I would say extend it out yeah. because we, we don't have to be sitting back and just say, well, it is what it is. And other communities that are being very proactive, they're doing these types of things. And, you know, when I had the, the bar down there, um, I put up cameras outside that film the street and we had a graffiti problem. That was, you know, 2010-ish, 2011. If you remember, that was the bad graffiti problem mm -hmm. right. when they were breaking windows, breaking into places. And it was really interesting in the course of six months after I put those cameras up on my establishment that filmed the street, when this would pop up and then I started turning it over to say the DA's office or the police. Yeah. It went away like that. Yeah. And, and Brian, that is so, so important because graffiti and broken windows, if you look at communities like Miami mm -hmm. yeah. that have gone downhill, they haven't put energy to make sure those things don't happen. And the bad guys, they're looking for weak areas. Right. And if you have broken yep. windows and graffiti, guess what it says? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. That's so the, we, we can get in there and break in and nobody cares. What is that? The broken window theory that if you have a community where there's broken windows and they're not fixed, then crime just increases. So in this entertainment district, one of the things we'd like to write in is that within immediately, if there's graffiti or broken windows, those get fixed immediately. Right. Now, if you noticed on, on Union Avenue, somebody had put in green uh, graffiti about the homeless being four blocks away from the river walk. Mm -hmm. And I purposely talked to some people in leadership or actually politicians, because leaders mm -hmm. would have jumped on it. Yeah. And, and it was there for months and now it's cleaned off. But it's like, how, how ridiculous is to let people come into this community and see that when it's a simple fix. Yeah. Simple fix is something where leadership will do it quick you're not going to have the extension of the problems that exist if, if you sit there and ignore it. And, you know, the, my conservative Republican friends will get mad at me for this. But a, another big one is, you know, properties that just sit vacant. There's properties downtown on Union that have been vacant for 20 years right now. There's the building to a block up the street. And there has to be some accountability for that. And unfortunately, there's not in Pueblo right now. There, there's not. But a fix for this, Brian, is that you have a vacant building tax. Mm -hmm. And so you create revenue, if they're gonna keep it vacant, that you can use to mm. improve the area. But if I have to pay a big tax because it's vacant, I'm gonna start investing the money into the building to get it fixed up, to become productive and generate property tax, have, have sales tax generated out of the building. I mean, there's so many things, but it's like, why why hasn't it happened? Right. What What is, why do, and you're in real estate right now. Like, why? What's the point of me living in Texas and owning a building in Pueblo and doing nothing with it? What's well, the advantage of that? Well, the advantage is there's no downside. And the advantage is someday Pueblo is going to get its act together and someday it'll be worth a fortune. Well, we want you to help participate in Pueblo getting its act together. And we're going to motivate you if you want to pay us a, a, a fee, a, a, a tax, however you want to call it. Uh, to leave your building vacant, that's fine. And it, every year it goes up. Right. So so make a decision. Do you want to be part of the, the solution or part of the problem? I'm sorry. That's the only way that you're going to get the attention when it hits financially. It's kind of like the, the, the scooters that are, are, are down there. Mm -hmm. uh, the scooters are a great idea, but they're, they're breaking rules right and left. Mm -hmm. They're going fast. They're going on the river walk. And on Highway 50. On Highway 50. <laughs> yeah. And, and the simple thing is, is they're all credit card generated. So 
the, the, the solution is if you cross into the river walk, which is not allowed for the scooters, you, you cross a, an invisible fence and all of a sudden your credit card gets charged a $50 penalty. Hmm. Now, all of a sudden people are not going to cross. They're it, not going to cross it. Yeah. But how else do you, you can have signs, you can have cops, you can have police, you can have all this. And it's a game. When it hits them financially, all of a sudden things are different. So part of the entertainment district, we're going to have rules and regs of where they can go and where they can't. And it's all going to be controlled if we can put that element into play. So, so the entertainment district itself has the ability to create ideas and solutions that we've been waiting for uh, politicians to do that now we can do. And I think it will really kind of share throughout the community. Um, we're going to take uh, just a break in just a minute. But before we go to that, I had a question that's been burning right now. Why can we, why don't we have one of those electronic billboards? Is there any reason for no. us not to have one? Because literally, no. I'm not kidding you, I live in Rye, and on the corner of Main and Boulder, there's there's, a, there's there's two of them. I talked to the guy that owns the one somewhere in El Paso County, and he makes so much money off of that thing. So why could we not invest in the city or even the chamber or whatever do that? When we have these ARP funds and we're really trying to use those to make everything better, and it's a one-time thing. Yep. Why are we not having those conversations? We should. We should. Or we putting should. it on the Colorado Springs billboard. Right. You know, it's like taking two thousand dollars a month and putting on a billboard. Up and there. putting on a billboard right. up there. The alligator Farm has one. Yeah. Yes, they do. And, yes, they do. And when I would talk with Rod, I would say, anytime I travel anyway, I learn about the community with the billboard. Yeah. Right. And I stop at places I would never have stopped because of the billboard. And it, to me, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Uh, we're going to figure this one yeah. out. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about these topics uh, when we come back. Uh, stick around with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This episode of Making Action Happen is sponsored by Action 22's amazing energy leaders, XL Energy, Colorado Rural Electric Association, Colorado Oil and Gas Association, Gil Romero and the Capital Success Group, Black Hills Energy, Nextera Energy, San Isabel Electric Association, Outshine Energy, Colorado Solar and Storage Association, Tri-State and 174 Power Global. Action 22 is a nonpartisan, membership-driven organization which serves as a voice for action on public policy for 22 southern Colorado counties on the state and federal level. We focus on how issues relating to Colorado legislation, local government affairs, health care, education, and natural resources intersect for the economic health of our region. If you're a leader in your community and are considering joining Action 22, you can get more information by emailing show at action22.org or visit our website at action22.org. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Making Action Happen with Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also reach out via email to sarah.blackhurst at action22.org. Now, back to Making Action Happen. Hi, welcome back. We're having a pretty interesting conversation about how you drive a paradigm switch for an entire community about how they perceive themselves and how they think about themselves, what steps you would have to take. Uh, Pueblo is a gem that nobody knows about unless you love it and see it through the lens of the way we see Pueblo. So we were talking about small and simple steps that we could take in order to just elevate the entire community and by extension, the entire region. So let's talk a little bit more about this entertainment district. Is it going to, what's it going to cost to turn that into an entertainment district? Well, it's, it's interesting. It's not really going to cost any money. What it does is there'll be money generated in that entertainment district that can then be used for security, higher level security used for cameras, uh, used for marketing for all of this. And then it also becomes an entertainment district. Sure. So when you look at the musicians and the artists that we have incredible musicians and artists here mm-hmm. in Pueblo and have that part of the showcase. We talked a little bit about the billboards. So on the billboards, you have electronic billboards where you have the picture of the river walk, which itself is just going to oh, create. Yeah. And then you have a, a rolling second part of it that has all of the great things which i call the shining stars or the um uh the the gems of pueblo i mean if i went on and named gems it would take four hours oh i agree and the gems that we have nobody knows about the center for american values oh i love it you know i'm on their advisory board and i can tell you this there's only one other place in the whole world that you can have what you have here and it's in the pentagon People that come here, they're just in shock. It's yep. like, oh my God, I had no idea. Well, the reason you don't didn't have an idea, how many people don't have an idea that if they knew about it would be stopping here and now talking to the whole world about what a great place Pueblo, Colorado is. You know, and Matt Albright runs that and he's yeah. a good friend of ours. And um, I tell him all the time, every time I go down there, you cannot go down there and not have an emotional, spiritual experience walking in those doors. And it's it's precious it's open to the public and we don't mm-hmm. advertise it. We, those are the kinds of gems that we don't focus on. We, 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 we don't. I got to, I got to do a plug for the aircraft museum as well. Like yes. one of the best private um, collections of aircraft 
um, also the Pueblo Reservoir. Like, how many people do you know that just move here for a year or two? It's like, have you been to the reservoir? And they're like, what reservoir? Like, they don't even know they about don't the, even the know. reservoir. It's the second largest body of water yeah. in Colorado. I know. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, and, and you speak of the reservoir, uh, there's a young lady, uh, Kate Beam, that has jet skis. Mm-hmm. It's a jet ski rental. And do you know who her biggest clients are? Is up there around Fort Carson. Yep. Oh no, I know. These guys come down and and once they discovered that this was here, and you don't have to buy jet skis. You can just go and rent them for the day, and it's it's incredible. Below the dam are gold medal waters. Yeah, the river yes. below the dam is gold medal waters. Yeah, I always joke with uh, my friend. We like to go fishing. I'm like, dude, I could go five minutes from my house and go fishing. He's gold like, medal Let's water. go up to the mountains. I'm like, no, it's like go up the street. Yeah, and and people don't realize the the kayak course. Yep. When I was on city council, oh, yeah. now, now here's what's interesting about kayak course. I don't know anything about kayaking, you know, mm-hmm. probably never will. But we had to get a federal uh, recreational purpose, mm-hmm. and uh, we decided on city council we were going to do a kayak course. But what it did is the Army Corps of Engineers was funded through a federal project that amounted to about eight to nine million dollars, a federal money that came in that built all of the rocks and the, the, the cascading falls coming down. And guess what the residual was? Is trout that is incredible. The oh, size yeah. of trout. It's a, officially, isn't it considered a um, fish ladder? That's, fish ladder. That's it how is, they yeah. funded it. It was a fish ladder, which is a kayak course. It's a kayak you know? course. But you know, you see Logan Gogarty and Dr. Gogarty, yeah. they're always posting pictures of surfing yeah. on that river. Isn't that incredible? It's yeah. so incredible. Yeah. It's so incredible. And um oh my gosh out of the out of the reservoir out here she's like number two or number three in the nation for wakeboarding yeah and she's right from pueblo west um camille hamler yeah um i mean it's just it's incredible what we have here and it's the small and simple things okay so let's say that your um that this goes through and i don't know what needs to happen uh-huh. so what needs to happen for let's say let's start there what can what, people do to help oh good go question through? well I, I think is to understand what this is and what it's not it's not about people getting drunk and they can be down there 24 7. that's not that's the farthest thing from what the open container is the open container for me is a very small piece yes the becoming a destination is something yes. that everybody in Pueblo can be excited about. Look how many businesses are going to be prospering, hiring people and jobs and all this on Union Avenue, where before that's always been a cheap rent district. Yes. Yeah. Well, think about the different communities throughout the nation who have this, who haven't, who've made this a priority. Uh, Nashville, New Orleans. I, I have toured in bands for years and i've been to everyone in the united states and when they do this it's incredible and it's not nearly the negative impact that everybody pretends it's going to somehow be you could turn pueblo downtown into a mini austin no problem just like that with just this and I, i mentioned this to you randy um the other day you know my something that i've been pushing for years in pueblo it's like being in the music industry owning a venue um when a, a medium, I say a medium band, you know, somebody that plays at a 400 person venue, 200 person venue. Um, a lot of times they play in Denver, they'll play at the Ogden, the Fillmore, the high dive, wherever, but in their contract with the booking agencies, they cannot play within 90 miles of that. So that would be Colorado Springs. So ideally you'd go on tour and you play in Colorado Springs and then you go to Denver and then you go to Grand Junction or Salt Lake or wherever, right. but they couldn't play in, in Colorado Springs. So they'd always skip Colorado Springs. 
but they were always coming up from Albuquerque. So they go Albuquerque, have a day off and then go to Denver. I would snag some of those bands to play here in Pueblo for next to nothing. Like we would have bands that in a place that held a hundred people the next night were selling out Red Rocks for $5 to go see them. And it was just like, Oh, it's an off day. We could go make some money. But I I've been saying, it's like, if you took one of these venues downtown and there's a vacant one right up the street, it's the, the old um, theater on fourth and main. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have the, the chief or whatever it's called the um, spirit cabaret, oh, right. which they, they were trying to do it. And then COVID hit and it kind of, and I don't think they had the money going into it to do what they really wanted to. But if we had something like that in Pueblo, we do have Memorial Hall, but that's a little more white collar, if that makes sense. You know, that's like your big name comedians, some some stuff that the old people like us like to listen to and sit down and enjoy. But if you had a venue downtown Pueblo off the interstate, you could bring in three or four nights a week, 300 people from out of town, because would you rather be in Colorado Springs or be in Trinidad and drive to Denver, get a hotel, deal with parking, probably get mugged downtown, you know, the safety aspect of it. Or you could go to Pueblo, stay at a cheap hotel, or just drive, be right off the interstate, drive 20 minutes from Springs, see this band you'd pay a lot of money for in Denver, come to Pueblo, pay half the money, don't deal with anything. Well, Brian, you, you're, you're 100% right. And, and look at how simple that would be. I mean, yes. that idea is incredible. We have the venues. We have yes. the places, the outdoor venues, the indoor venues. I, I mean, can name seven right now. I, and nobody could do that. Yeah. Then you look at even a step further, and I've had people talk to me about uh, as a movie uh, set location. Oh, yep. I know. Oh, that's another big one oh, I've been advocating I, for. I mean, but, but we need leadership here promoting, and that's why we've decided to kind of take this from the citizens and kind mm. of kick it out. And when you'd asked about what citizens can do, is is, is say yeah, this this makes sense. We we're, 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 we don't want Pueblo to miss more opportunities. This is an opportunity worth fighting for, worth talking about, worth promoting, letting you, letting your elected officials know what's going on. Uh, Garrison Ortiz from the county, he's one hundred percent in support of this. Of course, he but is. It, but, but it's in the yeah. county. I mean, he's in the county. Right. Uh, we need we need people. And he jumped on it so quick because it's like, this is incredible. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? What, is, what is the pushback, though, from city council on this? Well, again, I'm, I'm going to now just say another, another thing that happens in politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, confusion. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm, I'm, and all you have to do is watch national Understatement. news. Understatement. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yes. Confusion. Fear. No, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. What we're talking about, there's no fear. There's no reason to fear. We just need to be bold and stand up and say, we're going to to move forward. So I look at confusion and fear and then hidden agendas. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, and I ran into this when I was elected, um, because I have, my passion isn't a new passion. This passion has been there from day one. And there were people that didn't want Pueblo to change. Oh, yeah. That's a big so my why, God, they why is that? Is this is what I don't understand. Because the very first time you told me we were doing an economic development um, workshop or something, and we were down in the San Luis Valley, and I asked everybody there the question: If you had a legacy project and you could do anything, but it had to be for the community, what would you do? And everybody had some really beautiful ideas. And then Brian said this about making this like an entertainment district, but really focusing on bands and being that 
go between and I got a little bit emotional about and it. And a skate like, park. I said a skate park. Actually, you said a skate too. park, yeah. but you've said that um, yeah. about the about the venue. And I just wanted to scream, why hasn't this happened yet? Well, it was interesting because these people are the elected officials there. When I said mine, they kind of like, they're like, yeah. And then they got looser with it. They're like, you know what? I would love to see a skate park. I would love to see a, a youth center with, you know, classes and a skate park in a nice area that's secure and stuff. But, you know, prior to that, me saying that, it was like, well, I would like to see our sidewalks fixed. You know, I'd like the the potholes. It's like, no, you guys are already doing that, and there's a process for that. Right. But, you know, when they... And you'll have more sales tax yeah. revenue to fix those things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but once you once I proposed that idea, it was interesting, interesting to see the room kind of change. Like, this is a good idea. This is something to think about, you know? Well, and, Brian, what you say is so critical because I'm going to ask a question that... I wouldn't have even known to ask if I wouldn't have been in office for eight years. Mm. Who has more influence over a community? Is it the, politi the politicians, the leaders, or is it the bureaucrats? Is it the people that set the agenda or the people that vote on the agenda that set? Now, that question is powerful. It I, is powerful. I, I know that. It's the bureaucrats. It's the bureaucrats. That's, but why? I don't understand. That's the part that's the... This, this is the lower level all the way up. This is, it's you know, huge. the the budget office for the federal budget and the president's office has been the same person for the past four administrations. They understand. Yes. The, you know, anything you have appointing positions like, you know, the head of the IRS or the head of the USDA. But the bureaucrats. But the bureaucrats that actually make everything work. You got to understand that an appointed position is just like a press piece. That's the person that gets up there and says what they're doing right. and takes okay. the heat from it. But the people that are ingrained, the bureaucrats that are ingrained, the VA is a very good example. Mm. Social Security is another good example. They have been there for 30 to 40 years. And the one thing that bureaucrats hate is change. Right. And, yeah. they, and they laugh about the, the elected officials. Yeah. Like, they'll be here for what, yeah. two more years and then we'll have somebody new. Yeah. It's a joke. Oh, I, mean, I mean, it's I a see. joke. It's a joke for them yeah. that we sit there thinking that we're going to make a difference. Now... That also then becomes for the bureaucrats when they set the agenda, whether you have city attorneys, you have city managers, you have all these people that set the agenda, and then the elected officials or the politicians, they vote on it, and they think that that's where it's at. So you're given a choice, chocolate or vanilla. Right. Okay. And, and of course, with the bureaucrats, they, they, if they want vanilla, they stack vanilla mm -hmm. as how good it is and how bad chocolate is. Yeah. Right. Well, I drove them nuts when I got in city council when I figured that out, and I and I went <laughs> strawberry. Yeah. yeah. Strawberry is the solutions of where oh. things can happen, but it takes leadership to do that because now the power players and the hidden agendas and everything they hate you because now you've thrown a, a wrinkle into their power that nobody knew about that kept everything exactly the way it's yeah. been. Why is that so scary for them? It, well, it, because change. It's change. But I don't understand why that's so scary. Because it disrupts the system that you're a part of and that you control and that you have it your way. You don't want it anybody else's way. It's when you get elected to Congress or the Senate, the general rule is if you're there for 10 years or say 12 years with senators, is that you can maybe change or get something in one or two times. Maybe. Three if you're lucky. Maybe. You know, um, again, working for Scott, and I know I always go back to that on the show, he was the eighth most effective member of Congress at the end of his 10 years. And he, I think we had 
six bills signed into law over 10 years. And he was the eighth most effective, and it was six bills. Yeah, I, and I could be getting those numbers wrong, but it was around that. So now, Is that not incredible, Sarah? So why do we continue to put up with this? Because that's the system. Yeah. Now, now when, when I look at politicians getting elected and I look at bureaucrats, the power they have, there's a simple fix. Limit contributions for elections to a maximum of $500. It used to be a million dollars had influence. Yeah. Now you have the super PACs and it's hundreds of millions of dollars yep. have influence. I'm sorry, the, peop the, the people don't have a voice in that. Yeah. Right. So if you want this to really be what, the, what the, our founding fathers wanted, where it's about the people, you better do the, this. Well, it's out of control. Right. It's, it's money, money and power. And, and they have a hidden agenda. Now, when I look even on a national level, and I'll take COVID, for example. Uh, COVID is a real disease. Yes. Okay. But it's a political disease. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Now, now oh, as yeah. I say, it's a political disease. Just think if they made cancer a political disease. You couldn't eat meat. Okay? If they made a heart disease, you had to weigh a certain weight or you wouldn't have insurance. <laughs> now, I say that because a political, when you make it political, you're giving the government power, creating fear and confusion. Yeah. What do you have with COVID? You have fear and confusion. What's right? Then you have the media. What... I hear this, I hear this. You can cherry pick anything you want oh, and know. make it look like it's it's absolute, yeah. but it's creating fear and confusion. Yeah. I'm tired of fear and confusion. I believe in, in, in if people want to do this, they do it. If people don't want to do it, they don't do it. But to make it political, as soon as you start letting government control anything, you're in, you're, you have a problem. When we had the Black Hills issue in the city, I'm not happy with Black Hills rates. I'm not happy with my phone. Uh, I'm, I'm not happy with anything that's expensive. I fought the city taking that over with all my passion because people realize, be careful what you ask for. You want government to take over your utilities? Have you been to the DMV lately? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. It's, 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 you now have lost control, and I've never been so passionate fighting against something. And then people say, well, don't you think Black Hills is expensive? Yeah, but look at at how that ordinance, that ballot question was written, it gave them control from now on doing anything they want. And whenever government needs money, they have different pockets they can pull from. Sure. Now, now they'll have the utility pocket. Yeah. Well, but no, you can't use that for, 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 for government. Are you serious? When government's in control? What yeah, what makes you think that that's not gonna happen again? Again, because it will. Look at social yeah. security. Look at how yeah. they can take these different pots of money. So everybody listening should have one thing, be American. Do not let government create confusion and fear that all of a sudden you start giving up your rights thinking that you're a good American by doing that. Yeah. So I'm, I, I didn't mean to get a political <laughs> No, no, we, we no, love no, it. It's, it's, I always bring up the VA because I'm a product of the VA. Uh -huh. and, um, and, and to the VA's credit, they're a million times better now than the, what they used to be, say, 10, 15 years ago. They're, they're actually doing really good stuff. But at the same time, you know, I, I wanted a doctor's appointment, my initial exam, 13 months, you know. Um, I went in and I luckily had the opportunity to get government insurance of all things. And the VA was like, yeah, um, you need surgery, but you got to wait two years to get it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to go on my federal plan anyway and get it now. Um, but the VA is run by a bureaucracy. Again, they are making changes and they made 
amazing changes, specifically here in Colorado. We have Dr. Uh, um, Mr. Kilmer that's running the VA Eastern Healthcare System right now, and he's great. And he kind of took the bureaucrats out of it. And he was one of the only ones in the country, the regional directors, where he's like, this is not a bureaucracy. This is a service to our veterans. And if we're not doing giving this service to our veterans, then we're going to shut those down and they could get private care and we'll pay for it. Yeah. And that was like the thing I've been asking for for 17 years doing this. So look what it took to make that change. Yeah, it, it was it, a lot. It, was, it wasn't easy. And you have to have a leader to be able to promote that. Yeah. A politician, it's impossible for them to do that. When you look at lobbyists, mm -hmm. lobbying is a big business. I mean, it's huge. And why do you have lobbyists? It allows big pharma to now say, uh, we want what we want the way we want it. So we're going to make big contributions. We're sure. going yeah. to do this. And I'm sorry, just do what's right for the people. But right now, everything that's confusing and doesn't seem to be making sense, and we as a country are becoming weaker, and all these different things are happening. When people start asking the right question, why, and stop drinking the Kool-Aid and become real thinkers, and then be bold and stand up and say, no, I'm not going to let government be in control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had some issues on city council that um, when was with the PMI. Mm -hmm. with the racetrack and we had a private group that was going to come in and take over pmi and they were navy seals and and military and they were going to use it for a training center but they were also going to open it up for for the public okay they, they were the, the, before that the city was receiving one one dollar a year lease to let uh, a group run it they did it for their own kind of stuff but now we have somebody that's going to come in and spend millions of dollars of their own money on fencing mm -hmm. on roads on tracks do all of this kind of stuff and the, the local people that were involved said no 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 we we want to keep in, in control and i said you know be careful what you want by having it become a city enterprise right because now the city takes the lead and control it and i said the government can give it and the government yep. quickly will sure. take us away. And I tried to talk to them and they were so angry. It was like, no, this is ours. And I said, please do not let it become a city enterprise. So um, the vote went four, three, uh, making it a city enterprise. Mm -hmm. And what's happened with it since then? Well, yep. and we were promised by uh, a councilwoman that said it will not cost the taxpayers any money for that to happen. And I called her out on it. It was right before my, my eighth, eighth year was ending. I said, Vera, you're, you're, not, you're not honest with that. That's yeah. not the case. Yeah. It's gonna cost money. Well, immediately we had $700,000 that was appropriated to go to keep the airport with the secure area because we had, uh, uh, what's the airline that goes to Las Vegas? Oh. Uh I can't remember. Yeah, yeah but but we, we had that going flying there, but that was a requirement that they do that. Immediately, 700000 that we had set aside was taken to go into the PMI. Now, now, I'm not in office anymore. My eight years are up, and I'm sitting here watching this thing unfold. By the time the city finally pulled the plug on it, $3 million oh my went, God. went into that. Now, here's what then happened is the people that were all excited, they, they lost everything. Because now they didn't have yeah. the city enterprise. The government gave and then they took away. If they would have had this other group, it would, it would have been one of the top sites here yeah. in, in Colorado. Yeah. So when people think because government's here to help, they're not. And governments change every time there's an election. 
there's all these different dynamics. You want you want free market to be the deciding factor and make decisions based off of that. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that the reason that we habitually put up with this, even though we all know that the, that's the case and the things that you mm -hmm. just described, do you think that we um, hold on to that because we don't think we deserve better? No, I, I honestly think it's because we don't want to think about it. And then, the, you know, America is one of the few countries, not so much right now and over history, but um, average, we trust our government in America, right? Right. And so I think the mentality is they have our best interests and they're going to help us. But you go back to like, what was it? Income tax was initially introduced to pay for World War II and it was going to be temporary, but it's still here. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And I'm not getting on the mask argument either or, but, you know, there, there's mandates coming from COVID and it's like, it's only temporary. And we've seen how that's gone where it's not right. temporary. And that, that's going to, no matter how you feel about it, you'd be for it or against it. But the, there's never been an organized government that has basically implemented a mandate or taken away rights, you could say that, or however you want to word it, that gave them back. That's never, never happened and then, in the and, history of the world. And money has always increased. Yes. It, it, oh, it, yeah. It, it wasn't like one year the budget was lower. Uh, it never happens. It, it's, yeah. it's a beast that you can't feed enough. And that's why having government taking utilities is devastating. I, I say it's like uh, the dragon in the cave, right? So a dragon lives in a cave and it eats gold and jewels. And it hoards gold and jewel, jewels, and that's basically the government. It just wants more. It wants more and more and more. So. so speaking of, of good intentions and roads, I think that's what happens is, like you said, when somebody runs for office, they have all the best intentions, um, but they don't. So join us next week. We have, we're out of time. Join us next week, and we're going to have uh, – I don't know who we're talking on next week. But... I don't know, but we're going to continue this. So go on our YouTube channel. We're going to talk some more about everything we're talking about right now. So you can go to YouTube and uh, find Making Action Happen and subscribe. And we're going to look for some more information about the upcoming annual meeting that is October 15th and 16th. We will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in to Making Action Happen. Be sure to join your hosts, Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain, for another edition of the show next Thursday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a good week. again for